Hey guys, on today's podcast, you're going to be learning about how the simple passive cash flow mission has been changing and a little bit about masterminding and what happens when you go beyond accredited status. And this little idea that I've coined the phrase called first generation. Personally, my parents didn't have a million dollars and I will be the first generation to go for that threshold. But the journey doesn't end there, right? In this day and age, one, two, three million dollars is not much. So you're getting off the ground. But what do you do and create that legacy? We always talk about getting over that four and a half million dollar network status, because at that point you put yourself on a platform to take it beyond. But at that point, you're comfortable in life. If you haven't yet, please join our investor club at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. Join our email list and enjoy the show. As I'm being interviewed in another guy's podcast, he's asking really good questions of me. So I thought I'd also share this with my group. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. What intrigues me is going back to when you're talking about, okay, I'm in this job. Here's something that can get me out of the rat race. At that point, what did being outside of the rat race mean to you? And how has that changed over time? I've switched from one hamster wheel to another. I've gone down this path of putting together uh, real estate opportunities and I've turned it into my profession. So I've just traded one rat race for another, essentially. But there was a point in there where I was financially free and I realized a point where for a couple of weeks there, I was this is fun, right? I don't need to work anymore. And I think you see a lot of personal finance bloggers go on this path where they're just going to go travel abroad for a couple of years. For me, it was a lot quicker than that. It was just maybe a couple of weeks where I was like, yeah, this is lame. Taking <laughs> pictures of my food and posting it on Instagram. It's lame. There has to be more to this than just drinking pina coladas with endless time on my hands. And that's where this mission came in. And when people have different missions and when I implore people and I help some people trying to find their mission, it's usually what pisses you off in life, or at least that's for me. For some people, it's battered women. They want to help them out or, or homeless dogs. Or for me, it's just, there's so many hardworking professionals out there that work so hard and did everything that they were supposed to do, pay their taxes, buy their house to live in, which I don't necessarily agree with. And especially invest in all these mainstream retail Wall Street products, where ultimately their, their returns were just stolen from them. This is the wrong that I want to correct. And if people just bought a handful of rental properties and kind of just pressed on with that route, they'd be financially free in five, five to 10 years and not hope and pray in 40 and 50, like the traditional method. Um, it is simple, but it's very counterintuitive what the wealthy do compared to what normal people do, but it's not that hard. And I think that's why I've tried to create simplepassivecashflow.com in such a way to distill the, what the wealthy do show the paradigms on why you would do it and when you would do it, and then put it out in a simple manner that the layperson can understand. And is your club, your, your teachings purely around property, or are you looking at other various sort of passive, and obviously there's the industry side of the country house club things as well, which goes a little bit beyond property, but as a general rule, is it in that sort of space or are you going to all sorts of? Yeah, I started with investing in stocks and real estate first. But the reason I keep coming back to real estate are kind of three big things. Like first, real estate is a hard real asset. It doesn't just bounce up and down like paper stocks, right? It's a commodity, right? The brick, the wood, the land. 
it's a real asset that sort of acts like a commodity. The second thing is like it cash flows, right? Cryptocurrency doesn't really cash flow. Stocks don't really cash flow, right? Cash flow is what puts food on the table, and that's what real estate does. Especially when you go after what percent rental value ratio properties are better. And the last one is like the tax benefits. Someone needs to make three or four times as more than me in crypto and keep the same amount of money at the end of it than I do with real estate because of the great tax benefits. And this is where you start to get insight into how the wealthy do things. Yeah, they invest in better assets, better deals. But when these deals, they can do cost segregations to pull all those passive losses out of the investment and use these passive losses to choose how much taxes they would like to pay. And that's when you start to realize, wow, this is a kind of a twofold kind of strategy here, the whole tax game. Yeah. Are you a non-incredited investor looking for opportunities to invest passively? How about a newer investor looking to get a bit of a track record and confidence from your spouse, who's a little bit skeptic of what you've been listening to the last few months? And could you use the reinforcement of double-digit returns paid like clockwork in the form of monthly dividends? The American Home Preservation Fund, or AHP, is currently open again and is looking to bring new investors with them. I have been investing with them since 2016 and originally I used it as a means to pay for my regular expenses. I started with $60,000 as my initial investment and that paid my car payment completely for me every single month. AHP collaborates with existing homeowners to keep them in their homes via restructuring or selling the debts unlike their competitors. It's a way to make great returns while feeling good about making a social impact. After investing myself in the fund, it was awesome when owner George Newberry saw the impact Simple Passive Cashflow was making and eventually approached me to become a spokesperson of the company. You can start investing with as little as 100 bucks, and if you want a free Bird Zone book, please send me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. For more information about investing with AHP, go to hpservicing.com slash investors. I like to buy stuff. Well, that's a liability. And going back to your shift in terms of getting to that point of financial free, a couple of weeks going bored, realizing what your mission was, the thing that pissed you off, and then now driving forward from there. How is it different from having the, a, a mission-based business that you've got now compared to where it was before? How do you feel about the what you're doing? I mean, when I started my podcast back in 2016, it was just a means for me to... A lot of my friends were asking me, well, how are you buying all these properties that you don't even visit that are like a couple thousand miles away when I was buying these turnkey rentals in Birmingham, Atlanta? And I would explain to my friends over lunch how I would do it. And of course, nobody does anything. So I started to make the podcast, right, as a way to record the damn thing so I wouldn't have to keep repeating myself. And that was how it started. But then throughout the years, as I became more of an accredited investor, the topic materials has changed to more private placements and syndications, taxes, legal, and legacy creation. And, and that was where I started to grasp hold upon the mission. The mission is to kind of help working professionals out there learn and see the differences between mainstream financial advice that is put out there and what are the real wealthy people doing? And then distill that and into actionable steps for regular people. We're really good, hardworking people. It's the shrinking middle class. It, they're an endangered species and that's the target. So how has your relationship changed with your business now that it's more mission focused? I think it, it helps figure out like every day you're making binary decisions. Should I do use this color or that color? Should I send out this email or that email? Should I put this in my funnel sequence or not? It just kind of clarifies everything, right? What's the mission? The mission is to help out that one dude out there, Andrew. 
he's struggling. He's struggling to get by. He's you know, a good saver of this money, right? He's not financially irresponsible, but he's just not seeing, he's not getting any traction. He's saving up his money, but it's very slow. And he's paying a lot of taxes in the time. What does Andrew want, right? What color would I use here that would speak to Angie more? Now, I know that's a little weird, but what can I write in this one paragraph here that will resonate with Andrew or have him understand it? And I think a lot of this is like, that's where simple passive cash or the simple part came in. There's all this noise out there. There's so much stuff out there. And the truth is what the wealthy do is very simple, but the trouble is like getting rid of all this noise for Andrew to understand, all right, what does he do next? Cause this is all new to him and there's a lot of noise out there. There's all these lawyers selling this entity, that entity. There's all these CPAs selling this strategy or that strategy. You're infinite banking, this, that, that. What is the path? What is the order to implement these strategies? What is the simple prescription? So it gives you clarity at the end of the day, isn't it? As, as that's the, the word that's coming through for me there. It's just, it makes your life a lot easier when you know what it is that you're doing. People are strung out. They're working their butts off, especially the people in my group. They're high paid working professionals, high responsibility. They just want to be told what to do for some of this stuff. Just like when I go into the CrossFit gym, I want to just turn off my brain. I'm just like, tell me what to do. I am running a hundred miles an hour all day in my business. And I'm sure everybody feels the same way at the professional occupations. Just tell me what to do. I'll listen and I'll drive a hundred miles per hour, but just tell me what direction to do. Mm -hmm. And then the hard thing is in this financial world, it's, there's a lot of bad habits that we've been taught by our parents, by society. And the, the, the real secret sauce is implementing this stuff, right? So take one thing, infinite banking, using whole life insurance. And I think we've all heard what, how bad whole life insurance is for you. Not the case if you tweak it a certain way, the way the wealthy do it but also implemented at the right point in your timeline, in your journey. It is a huge component of a wealth building strategy for the high net worth. But we've been all brainwashed by all these like generalities, right? About certain things. And, and it's ironic, isn't it? That the, as you say, the, the, those people in the corporate world are absolutely best placed to leverage things up and make the best or, or use of these skills. They just don't know them. But it is ironic, but then it is not because if everybody did what I said to do, buy a handful of rentals, get out of these fee laden products, invest tax advantage ways, most people are able to leave the rat race in five to 10 years. Who would get our coffee, right? Who would build our bridges? Who would design the bridges? Who would push the government paper? Who would do surgeries? Who would clean our teeth? Society would likely crumble. Like we have this happen. Not everybody can be financially free. Who should be them? Those who are worthy that are going to hopefully take the information and do something greater with it. But I don't know, maybe it's just, this is a political statement, but I honestly don't think that if you take a hundred people, you turn them financially free, I'd say a majority would probably just go and travel abroad and take Instagram pictures of their food that they're eating. But maybe that small minority that do get financially free will find that resonance frequency and the thing that their highest and best use, that their God-given talent that they're put on earth to do and they would make a bigger impact than the other 95% of the people that mm. were financially free. You, That's just me being optimistic. I think it's a, a fair reflection on the variety of humankind, isn't it? And then that's, that's the truth of it, isn't it? And being fairly flippant in that question, but it's true. There's that moralistic element of when we push things in a certain direction, what if everybody were to, to do that? But the truth is exactly, as you say, it's just never going to happen because we've got a wide variety. Of, yeah. Uh, they do this in China, right? That's effectively what communism is, right? They give everybody that bare minimum they don't have to really work for it 
but what do people typically do? They just watch Netflix to chill, right? Yeah. In, in a theory, it works, but in real life, I think from my point of view, it doesn't work. And that small 1% or whatever you said, the way they're actually then use leveraging that freedom or financial freedom to really use their gifts to the betterment of mankind. Do you, do you get to see that with some people? Do you get to work with people in that space? Yeah, we have a, a higher level mastermind. We call it the family office, Ohana. The goal of that is to get people from $1 million over $10 million net worth. And the, the first threshold is getting people that four and a half million dollar mark. That is a mark that a lot of people in our world, we talk about, right? Because at that point, four or $5 million net worth, you're able to pass down a substantial amount of money to your kids and they can really try hard to screw it up. And it's really hard for them to do that. A million dollars, $2 million is nothing today. That'll be gone in a generation easily. In fact, I think the statistics are like 90% of money is lost in two to three generations. Garants, it's gone. But if you can get up to that four and a half million dollar mark, you're set. And something happens along that way. There's a phenomenon of like, when you get on an airplane, they always say, if there's any problems, put your own oxygen mask on first, then help out your kid. Same thing here. There's a point where people are trying to put on their own oxygen mask, which makes sense. It's not selfish. Some people call this the scarcity mentality. And I don't really call it like to say you're selfish, but yeah, you get yourself to a good place first, be safe first. And then that's what I call that is getting yourself to four or $5 million net worth. After that point, you, hopefully your mindsets, you're in a good place and your mindset starts to free up and you start to transition from scarcity to abundance mindset. When you start to look around and send the elevator back down for others, help out others, figure out what is your highest and best use and kind of help the world, make a world a little bit better place in your unique talent in your way. Not everybody who I get from 4 million and go up, take that next step to make a platform and create better good in the world. It's a minority, but if they never put their oxygen mask on in the first mm. place, they would have never done it after mm. that. Yeah, it's the old phrase is that uh, gets misrepresented is the, it's better to give than receive. And it's the, it, people interpret it incorrectly. And I think it was Francis of Assisi that it actually comes from. And, and the original quote is actually what you've just said. It's better to be in a position to be able to give than to be in a position where you have to receive. So it's exactly that. Get yourself up to a point where you are then able to help other people up. Exactly. Money is not everything, but it sure makes life a lot easier and it gives you options. And money is also a magnifier, right? If you're a good person, it makes you better if you're selfish. And only things for yourself, well, you'll turn into that more. So it magnifies who you are. I'm interested in that point because it's, it's something here. Have you seen that in reality? Is that something you've witnessed? Heck yeah. A lot of people come into my group are very frugal, right? They're first generation immigrants. Um, a lot of them are Asian. They're cheap. They're super cheap. And it, that's good, I think, when you're starting out, that immigrant mentality. You're not spending money in stupid things. And that's how you grow that initial capital to invest. But at some certain threshold, that really holds you back. And it holds you back in terms of building relationship with other key partnerships. And maybe you're not doing business with each other, but you're getting, you're trading knowledge. And that scarcity really holds people back is what I see. And it shows up in very small ways, but I think people inherently, they know, you know what I'm talking about when you just feel it, right? When somebody is like that, when they're more that scarcity mentality, they're just a little cheap or they're just not free. They're not a magnetic personality for the guy who's just fun loving, buying drinks at the bar for everybody. You're not saying you have to buy drinks at the bar for everybody, but 
metaphorically, right, in that setting, that's what that person would be doing in other non-alcoholic situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some people where energy, they help out other people and it's free, it's free flowing. There's other people where energy stops with them mm. and they think about themselves only, mm. right? Yeah, you've got a podcast, you've got a platform, you wouldn't be doing it unless you, know, you feel like the world is energy flows with us. But there's a lot of people listening right now that are, I'm not saying that you're bad people out there, but maybe think about people in your network. There are people out there that the energy kind of stops. They just think about themselves and not saying that they're bad people. But what I'm saying is like, maybe we have to get their oxygen mask on mm. first. We have to make them feel comfortable, get them in financially abundant thinking so that they do feel safe to then bust out and then become more free giving abundant mindset. It's not that they're bad people, but the situation, the environment has created that type of personality. I think the key thing that you said there is, is in there is that whatever mindset anybody has, it has a value for the right context. So that frugality you said it was really useful, right, to start off with at the beginning, but then the context shifts and moves. So it, it, it's really common at all levels of entrepreneurs, whatever it is, that the mindset that's got somebody to a certain point is then the mindset that holds them back from getting to the next level. I think there's a whole book on it by Marshall Goldsmith, actually, what get you here won't, what got you here won't get you there. And so the mindset has to keep continually shifting to move forward. Right. It's moving from starting strategy to mid game strategy and maybe end game strategy. Excellent. First generation, most of the people in our community are first generation wealth. We weren't born with a million dollars. Our parents didn't have money. So we come into this with a lot of baggage, this frugality mindset. And that's great, right? Because we save our money, we grow our net worth and we become first generation wealth. And how I define that is the first generation to hit, I don't know, some arbitrary number, like a million dollars net worth. That's pretty decent. But how do you take it from a million dollars to $10 million? Well, there needs to be a transformation going through that next stage of becoming, and how do you groom generation two G2 wealth? That's the next stage. And what do you do for your own mindset? How do you keep expanding your headspace? I'm a conscious of this. I'm aware of this. I don't have everything all figured out, but what I do know is magical things happen when you have people of like-minded that are similar on the path as you around you in close vicinity. And that's what a mastermind group does. And presumably everyone's at a slightly different level or different perspective. So everyone brings their own dynamic and no, no one's exactly the same blueprint. So it's not like you're just regurgitating the same stuff. There's always a new spark coming off from somewhere. But the problem is at least filling the room up with people who are broke. And I consider broke under a million dollars. Yeah, you might make six figures, but you're broke. If your net worth is not you know, well above a million dollars, you're still trading time for money. And there's a difference between people who trade time for money and people who have their money working harder, making more money for them. The metaphorically, that difference, that person has their oxygen mask on and the other person is comfortable enough to take it off and not give that oxygen mask to others. But the trouble is, well, how do you find people like this? Because high achievers that have reached this scale on their own, not by being a trust fund kid, they're hard to find. And they don't wear different clothes. They don't have different color hair. Yeah, they may tend to hang out in different places, but it's very difficult to determine those people who are up to the stage and just happen to finance a nice house or finance a nice car, buy everything on debt. And these are some of the more soft topics that we discuss in our mastermind within closed doors in a mm. safe environment. And I think I would encourage everybody out there to find your little group of like-minded people that are also thinking about this stuff because the informal groups with Cliff and Larry at the office got it all wrong those aren't going to help that's just going to hold you back your network is your network as we say perfect 
before we wrap up, is there any final thing you'd like to, any key message you want to get across over and above what you've already said? I think obviously the, the key thing is coming through nice and clear that you've got to get your money to work for you and get the mindset of shifting away from what have been the old traditional ways of thinking and start thinking about how to make it work properly. Yes, surround yourself with the right people and start educating, right? Depending where you are in the journey, it might just be buying your first rental property if you're under half a million dollars net worth. That's how I started and it just takes a while. It is not a get rich quick thing. I bought my first rental property when I had no net worth just out of college in 2009. It took me damn near six, seven years to get up to 11 rental properties. And, and, and as you say, the, the, that main line there of getting yourself in a good position, all that does is enable you to help more people if that's what's important to you. So it's it's not about in and of itself earning the money. It, that enables you to do other things from there, isn't it? And if helping other people doesn't come naturally to you, that's cool. You're not a horrible person. I wasn't like that. I was pretty selfish and just thinking about myself. So this is nothing. We don't want to shame anybody. Sometimes we've got different needs. So when we first start out, then actually we've got to be looking after ourselves. But when you get to that position, your view shifted because you got to the point where you realized, actually, the reason I started out in the first place, I've done that. I've achieved it. And now I need something else. There's something else that needs to come from it. And then you've, you've turned it into a way that, yeah, you're still benefiting out from it. I'm not, no, one, no one's saying that's not happening. But ultimately, it's a drive to educate more people and get other people to come up. And as we go through our own journey, these sort of our requirements shift and change in what becomes important to us. Yeah, I think one theme is, I think you got to figure out what is your highest and best use to help other people. I think that's a pretty consistent theme once you get to you know certain levels. Um, the question is what it is, right? Like for me, it's finances, money, investing. Other people might might be a gym trainer. They enjoy doing that. That's their God-given talent. Other people might just be really good doing a knee surgery. Uh, cool. Whatever you want to do, find some way to connect it to helping people in their darkest of days. I think that's where, where a lot of people find true fulfillment. Yeah, yeah. And so final question, which I ask everybody on these podcasts and um, you're no exception. You don't get away from it. it. Touches in on that lane. What is it that makes your bits tingle? I just see a lot of hardworking people out there kind of doing it the wrong way. They're driving around in the Ferrari with the handbrake on. They're doing all these things that kind of just hold them back. Buying a house, to, you know, to live in before their net worth hits a million dollars. I don't really agree with that. Investing in retail type of products in non-tax advantage things. There's just a lot of people pay a lot of taxes and they don't really need to uh, legally, but if they just educated themselves a little bit, you don't need to be spend all your time doing this stuff to relearn things. There's a lot of people that have forged the path and found the simple passive cash flow way. Excellent. Thank you, Lane. So if people need to find out more, your website is simplepassivecashflow.com. There's a huge amount of information on there. Brilliant. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.